TSN International presents To Every Man an Answer, the live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1 888 827 5276. Again, that's 1 888 Ask CSN. Let's get things started. Here's today's host, Mike Kessler. Hi, and welcome to Wednesday's edition of To Every Man and Answer. So glad you've joined us. Looking forward to being with you for about the next hour or so as we set this time aside to do this very thing, and that's to answer questions about the Bible from the Bible. Look at the world and the situations that are in it from a biblical perspective, what we hear in church. And again, if you've been reading your Bible on your own, someone's asked you a question. We cover that too. That number to call again, 88. 88. Ask CSN is the number to call. You can be part of the program today. we got a couple lines open, so you're assured to get on if you call right now. Looking forward to being with you again, and uh, pray that you all have a very wonderful and safe Thanksgiving. You know, the Bible tells us to give thanks in all things, for this is the will of Christ Jesus concerning you. I've heard of one said, well, I'll thank God for the good things, but I'm not, and I feel I'm not obligated to thank God for the bad things. Well, when you realize that God is bigger than anything that happens to you, even the things that we interpret sometimes as bad is for our betterment down the road. I've always told people, if you're not thankful for what you have, you won't be thankful for what you get. Because thankfulness is a condition of the heart. And whether we look at a war-torn America in the 1863 when Abraham Lincoln declared this last Thursday of the month of November a day of thanksgiving. He did that right in the middle of a very terrible war. And when we understand that, again, we have a, we have a world today that's torn, again, be thankful for what you have. Take inventory of what God's given to you in the way that you may be able to use those things for the furtherance of his kingdom. Joining me today, special guest and featured CSN speaker comes on after to every man and answer. We have with us Jeff Wickwire from Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Hi and welcome, Jeff. Hey, Mike. Good to be with you. Happy Thanksgiving to you and all of our listening audience. And Amen. As you can probably tell I'm coming to you by phone for the first uh, portion of the show today because our my studio guy has gotten hung up in Thanksgiving traffic. So if you've been in that traffic today, it's horrible. But anyway, uh, I will be uh, with you uh, on Zoom shortly. But anyway, yes, it's Thanksgiving. And um, here we are. And I, I we had a Thanksgiving service last night. It was really good. Communion service, Thanksgiving service. And I brought a little message on Thanksgiving. And, um, you know, the Bible is a book that constantly encourages us to be thankful. I mean, you want to go into the Psalms, the Psalms, so much of all of the Psalms are taken up with being thankful, praising God, thanking God, uh, you know, being grateful. And uh, just, it's a, it's a thankful, thanking, praising book. And, you know, one thing I pointed out, uh, Mike, from the word, we talk so much, particularly you and I when we're on the show, um, about Romans 1. And I brought up in Romans 1, you know, Paul the Apostle is talking to some civilization. He could have been talking about the Romans. Uh, he could have been reaching back to 
Babylonians, the Assyrians, the, the Greeks, we don't know. But um, he, he is just mapping out for us the decline of a culture step by step. It's like reading today's newspaper. It really, it's uncanny. And, yeah, uh, Romans 1 is amazing. Oh, it's amazing. And three times, uh, as you know, God turns this civilization over to what they want, knowing that what they want is going to destroy them. But they have chosen, uh, you know, something created over the Creator. They have chosen to uh, push God out of all their thoughts. They have made several key longstanding decisions that finally caused God to turn them over. But one thing Paul points out at the very beginning of the culture's decline is he says they weren't thankful, nor were they thankful. And that was one of the early indicators of that culture's drift away from God. They weren't thankful. They weren't thankful to God. They become un- became ungrateful. Um, they were like the nine lepers that walked away after Jesus healed them of a terminal disease. Only one of the ten came back to thank Jesus. The other nine just walked away, took it in stride, although Christ had saved their life. So it's an amazing thing how we humans, uh, we have such a proclivity to not being thankful. Our, our human nature, our fallen nature, is not a thankful nature. We, we're selfish. And so it was very, I don't know, it just it struck a chord with me. As you look at America, and I asked the congregation last night, I said, think about it, tell me, is America a thankful nation right now? No, they said, of course not. What do we hear? Endless complaining, whining, griping, I want my rights. Uh, the, the last thing a great big swath of America is anymore is thankful. No, it's I'm entitled to everything because I'm just so so wonderful that everything ought to be given to me, and I'm not thankful for anything. So it's sad because that's one of the early indicators of a culture's drift away from God down those ominous ladder rungs into finally being turned over to a reprobate mind. So I don't know, Mike, it's, it's an amazing thing uh, how accurate the Bible is and how crucial and important it is for us as believers to not forget uh, to be thankful, to think to thank. You've got to think to thank and train yourself to be a thankful person. You know, and something else, again, when we really stop to think about it, is that when you talk about, well, we just slide into moral depravity, but that's not where it stops, everyone. It ends in human slavery. And that's where we're yep. headed. Again, right. the Bible says that the borrower is servant to the lender. Now think about that mm-hmm. for a minute. We're $37 trillion in debt with no restraint now in the foreseeable future to stop reckless spending. And so when you realize that we're all headed for hardcore slavery, friends, I'll tell you, it's not a pretty picture. Best to be about your father's business. Work for the night is coming when no one can work. Well, let's go ahead and go to the phones. We have Eric on the line, Reno, Nevada. Hi and welcome. Good afternoon, Mike. How are you today? 
Good. How may we help? So kind of quickly, um, there are some subjects or statements that you make almost on a weekly basis. And unfortunately, I'm going to testify that they're correct and true. This is kind of a warning for other listeners that maybe found themselves in my place. And I, I want to validate some of the things that you talk about to show exactly what can happen. The, the first testimony I want to offer is, can a person walk away from his salvation? And unfortunately, I'm an example of that. I was heavily involved in my church. I was part of the greeting ministry, Sunday school teacher, fed the, the congregation on Wednesdays, actually had the honor of speaking in front of the church. Unfortunately, in March of 2020, the church closed its doors. And we, we tried the online online approach, and nothing really satisfied us the way the live sermon was. <clears throat> a couple months down the road, bumped into a casino to get something to eat and drink. And to make mm -hmm. a long story short, I traded the church for the casino. Uh, mm -hmm. The first year was great. All the bells and whistles, won some money, made some friends, spent a little bit of money. But I think because of the way that we abandon our faith, God turned us over to the casino. In the last couple of years have been nothing but loneliness and anxiety and depression. We lost a lot of money. We lost all our friends. I'm going through a divorce. My family turned their back on me. I have no fear of God in the way that I used to before, and I entertain my flesh in a way that is very empty. And it didn't happen overnight. It was little by little that it happened. So when I hear you talk about people walking away from their faith, Unfortunately, I'm a prime example, and it hurts. It, it's a bad place to be in, and I say this to other listeners, that if you have that sensation of even asking yourself that question, please stop. Be, get on your knees and ask the Lord to stop you right where you are, because it's, it's not a good place to be in. It hurts. It, it hurts a lot. I, I miss my walk with the Lord. Uh, a second part of being given over to the casino is another statement that you make about alcoholics being aware, knowing that the drink is killing them, but not being able to stop being part of the casino. We spent enough money where we got to the point where our card level offered us free this and free that. And one of the amenities is free beer. I had been in there so much that the waitresses and the hosts already saw me walking in and they knew exactly what I wanted. And I would soak myself on a daily basis. You know, the mm -hmm. casino makes it very convenient because they're open 24 hours a day. So anytime you want to soak yourself in alcohol and come out in the fog, the doors are open for you. Mm. I know I feel things in my body. I get shakes. I'm not eating right. Uh, uh, there have been plenty of times where I've had time off of work, and the first thing I do in the morning is have beer with my breakfast. And then I head over to the casino. And I, I know in my mind it's killing me. But unfortunately, my flesh is in control of my spirit. And I hear you talk about that as well. So I wanted to validate the second statement that you make, that we know what we're doing is killing us. But somehow, because we've fallen out of the grace of God, and we think we could depend on our own energy or prerogative or whatever it is that we have to overcome it. Yeah, it's, it's not going to work that way. So any listeners out there that Mike has been spot on with these statements that he makes, and I'm, I'm, it hurts to call today to admit that I've fallen outside of the grace of God, and he's turned me over to entertaining my flesh. But I, 
maybe somebody out there is, is getting close as well and would recognize some of the signs or symptoms that I'm talking about it, and I can help them avoid being lonely and lost and, and hurt and without the love of God in my life. It's, it's just really bad. So I was just hoping for some prayer, if you could. Well, Eric, let me let me ask you something. Where are you at with the Lord right now? I mean, have you come back home? Do you know uh, in the story of the prodigal son, the father saw him a long way off, which tells me the father was looking for him to come back home. Have you come back home yet? I tried in prayer. I've, I've confessed my sin. I've, I've gotten on my hands and knees and, and called to the Lord. And I, and I try to put everything that I have on my heart in his hands. But I, I think that I don't hear any answer and I, and I don't get any overwhelming joy and happiness like I used to when I prayed openly. There were things that I did in the past that I confessed, but I, I'm so far in this pit of sin and so far in this darkness of entertaining my flesh, I, I think the Lord is waiting for me to do it in a way that's heartfelt, but also repentive. And that's the key well, word sure. that I use quite a bit, repentive. And I, I can't get to that point. And why do you think you can't get to that point? I've been trying. I've been asking for strength in my repentance. And Well, we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for you that the Lord will bring you home right now. And, 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 you know, this time of Thanksgiving, I want to tell you something. One of the things that I'm most thankful for, now this sounds crazy, but I'm so thankful you called today. Because God wants to do something brand new in your life. We've never gone so far. We've never gone, we've never gone so astray that God will not bring us back and call us his own. And Eric, for you today, that's what I want you to know, is that God loves you deeply. And yes, you're going to have to repent because you know the lifestyle you're in is killing you. You already know that. The Holy Spirit is in you. And though you may have left the Lord, let me tell you something. The Lord didn't leave you. Now, you don't want to die in that condition of being separated from God. Like I always tell people, if the... If the younger son would have died in the pigsty, he would have been in the pigsty, not in his father's house. But I believe you're on your way back to see your father. And not only that, but that you'll be welcomed into his family again today because you called. You know, the Holy Spirit inside of you stirred you up to call to let you know from all of us, from God's word, that if you'll confess your sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's the good news of the gospel. doesn't matter we whether we slipped and told a lie uh, at a church bazaar or whether we've had a life of, of ravaged sin. The forgiveness is the same, and it's for you, for me, and for all of us that need to be forgiven. And Eric, um, it sounds to me like one of the things you really, really need is to get back into fellowship. There's several pretty good churches there in the Reno area. And uh, if you stay in line, perhaps uh, our operators can maybe direct you to a few that might, you might go try out and see how, how the fit is. But we want to pray for you because, again, I am so grateful you called. And for all of those that like to dabble on the wrong side of the fence, remember, the devil always bites. You can You can play around with a with a vicious dog and poke the cage. But one of these times 
You leave your fingers too close to the cage and you'll get bit. And getting bit is not good because we have the pain. And that obscures us a lot of times from understanding that God's grace, forgiveness, and love is there because we're still reeling in the pain from the bite. But know this, God heals the bites of the enemy. God heals the wiles of the enemy. And so he'll bring you back and restore you back because that is what God does. And that's what his specialty is. You look all the way through the Bible, you see people who started off good, loved with God, departed from their walk with the Lord, found that the life of sin was just as stupid as it was before we came to Christ, and we returned back to God, and God's wonderful hand of healing restores us. Jeff, your thoughts. Yeah, is it Eric? Yes. Yeah, okay, Eric. Um, you know, when we talk about God turning people over, like in Romans 1, um, he does do that. But I don't want you to think that um, because you feel like God said, okay, you, casino you want, then casinos you will have. And that he's lifted his hand off your life, he hasn't. Sometimes he That's lets us go him. on. Yeah. Sometimes God lets us go on. Because we ourselves need to see that the fruit of something we thought was appealing is actually bitter. We learn the hard way. It's called the reproofs of life. Life reproves us. Sin has its own judgment. And um, so, though you've been out there a couple of years, hey, I've, I've ministered to people that were gone 30 years, uh, 40 years, that, that missed their whole entire adult life uh, living in a backslidden state, but they came back. And so I don't want you to feel that it's hopeless. It says where, where sin abounds, grace much more, much more abounds. So no sin can equal the strength of God's grace. It says if we confess our sins, he's faithful to forgive us. Well, it doesn't say if we confess our sins, Unless we've been in sin for two years, three years, or four years, then forget it. No, he just says confess the sins. So I, I want you to really, um, I encourage you to really consider that God hasn't lifted his hand off you at all. If he had lifted his hand off of you, you would not be talking to us. You wouldn't be here. You wouldn't care. You wouldn't even be concerned if God had lifted his hand off of you. But this, as Mike just said, uh, the very fact that you're here, you felt compelled to call, and you've been listening because you said you've heard Mike say things on uh, to every man an answer over and over again. So the Spirit of God has been dealing with you. He has not lifted his hand off of you. There is hope. There is hope. So we are going to pray for you. Is that all right with you? Please. Well, Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and we just ask you to touch Eric. Your word says you will return to us the joy of your salvation. And I pray today as a thanksgiving gift from you to him that he would know right now his sins are forgiven. Father, that you would give him the internal strength, your Holy Spirit, to cause him to not walk in the ways of darkness anymore. In other words, Lord, please convict him 
of his sin to the point where he realizes this is not the right way. And Lord, lead him in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. And so, God, we pray a prayer of blessing upon him. I pray you find him another church where he can be a part of it and grow and be nourished and lead many more people into your kingdom. Mm. For, Father, we know that you use these experiences of life to grow us up, to show us continually our dependency upon you. So may at this Thanksgiving time, Lord, give him a special Thanksgiving of your blessing. Empower him. Fill him with your Holy Spirit now. Separate the past in Jesus' name. And Lord, renew his mind by the power of your Spirit. Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Eric, you're a new man. Just a little bit to the prayer. Yes. Father, as I study your word, I see this word that comes up over and over again, repentance. And it it breaks my heart that I don't have it like I used to. So please let the Holy Spirit breathe on my heart and empower my repentance so that I could come before you once more, Father, the way we did before. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Eric, I received that in faith. I want you to receive it in faith. Now again... There'll be some fellowships that you can go to, and perhaps even tonight, many churches are having a Thanksgiving dinner where you can go and be part of a body. You have been out there all alone. That's what happens. You know, um, a friend of mine years ago said, you know, the body of Christ is a lot like a Thanksgiving dinner. He said, you know, I was eating the Thanksgiving dinner, and I had some peas on my table. Well, this one little pea rolled off. And when all the peas were together, they were nice and warm and they were good to eat. But he said the pea that rolled off, it got cold and it was dry. And he said, you know, it's interesting. That's the way we are. When we're clumped together, we're warm and we can serve food to those that are lost. But we get off to the side, we grow cold, we grow hard, and we're not even used to ourselves. Eric, I think God's going to do, I know he's going to do great things in your life. But the power of his restoration is what God specializes in. You look at the churches in Revelation chapter 2 and 3 and see the kooky things they were doing. And Jesus still loved them, still called them his church, and compelled them to repent. So, Eric, walk in that light. Stay on the line, and I'll send you out uh, some great things that will encourage you. And stay on the line as well. And maybe we can get you into a good church there, okay? I love you, brother. Thank you so much. Love you, too. Listen, Eric, anytime you need to call us, you call us, okay? We're here for you. We love you. And, again, the devil, uh, you know, the, 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 the Holy Spirit just binds Satan from your mind and your life so you can get that new start in Jesus. That's our prayer. Eric, happy Thanksgiving to you. And may this Thanksgiving be different than all the other ones. Now, thank him for what he's done. Now, I want you to read, go to your Bible, and I want you to read the book of Philippians. You need to read that book because it talks about being bound for joy. And that's what you need, the joy of his salvation restored to you. That's what you need. Go read Philippians. You're going to be blessed. Okay? Thank you, brother. I love you so much. 
Love you too. Stay on the line or we'll get you fixed up with some things. We'll send them to you. And um, uh, God bless you, Eric. I'm so, so thankful you called today. Let's go to Javier, Salt Lake City, Utah. Hi, welcome. Hi. Um, good to talk with you guys finally. I um, just had a question uh, regarding tithe. Um, it's been uh, kind of a long minute since, you know, my family and I have been to a church that we can call we can call our second home, uh, but that's a different story altogether. But my question is, um, my tithe, if I were to give it to um, like a ministry like CSN, because you guys have been such a blessing to me for many, many years, um, would God look upon that as honorable um, or or not? I believe so. I tell people everywhere, support what ministers and blesses you. Because if you don't, it may not be there anymore. And that's just a matter of fact. And so a lot of times people will call up and say, hey, I'm going to a church. They're ordaining homosexual priests and um, lesbians as as pastors. Uh, Should I tithe there? And I say, no. Stop giving money to people that are doing things 100% contrary to what the Word of God says. Read Romans chapter 1. Just as you said, Jeff, your thoughts. Yeah, uh, whatever you give to, you empower it to continue. That's the thing. Like if I go to McDonald's every day and uh, eat lunch there every day, uh, I'm making it possible for them to stay there and to keep doing what they're doing. Money is powerful that way. It's, It's a neutral thing. You can use it for good, you can use it for bad, uh, selfish reasons or for godly reasons, but it is powerful in that almost everything on this planet needs money to survive. And the local church, I tell our people, you know, I I don't give to get. Um, I do not see tithing like uh, investing, uh, you know, in some uh, stock that's going to bring me back more money. Um, I give because I want people to be reached with the message of salvation. I want somebody to be saved, healed, or or delivered. I want the kingdom of God to be advanced. And so I give to whatever I see doing that. If somebody is preaching the gospel, if somebody is being soul saved all the time, I'm going to give to that. That's what I'm going to do. So what you give to, you empower it to continue. Amen. Javier, I, I hope that answers it for you. Now, we're coming up on a break, and if it didn't, we'll answer more. Otherwise, you can stay in line. We'll send you out some books and DVDs. And we'll be back with more right after this. If you are 65 or older, you know this. Watching your hard-earned dollars fly out the window on health care costs is frustrating. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare 65 Plus. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills, and it really is a community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. Well, MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation, too. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. And it's easy. You can use any Medicare-approved doctor or get 24-7 telehealth access from the comfort of your home. Very worth looking into during Medicare open enrollment, which ends December 7th. 
you join right now, your second month share will be free. So don't miss this chance. Call 833-90-SHARE. That's 833-90-SHARE. 833-90-SHARE. It all came down to the ultrasound. And I saw this little lima bean looking thing with a halo. When this mom came to a preborn center, a baby wasn't really in her plans. I got to hear the heartbeat and I got chills. In that moment, I just felt God's arms come around me and hug me and tell me that it was going to be okay. After hearing her baby's heartbeat and seeing her baby on ultrasound, this mom's plans changed. My choice to become a mom, hear those little footsteps running down the hallway every morning is all because I had an ultrasound. It saved my life and hers. When an expected mother meets her baby on ultrasound, she is 80% more likely to choose life. Preborn's network of clinics are the largest provider of free ultrasounds in the country and have rescued over 270,000 babies. To learn how you can rescue a baby's life, go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Or call 855-668-BABY. That's 855-668-BABY. All gifts are tax deductible. Back to part two of To Every Man and Answer here on this Wednesday afternoon on Thanksgiving Eve. And once again, we want to just encourage you to give us a call if you've got a question concerning your faith, concerning the Bible, what's going on in the world. That's why we're here. I'm here with Jeff Wickwire now with video. So you can you can watch mm-hmm. him if you're watching by Facebook or one of the other outlets. Uh, you can now see him as well as hear him. And uh, Jeff, I'm I'm glad you're you're in the flesh now. We can see you. Good to be here, and uh, yeah, it's good to see you, and uh, so, it's been a good show so far, and good questions. Absolutely, and uh, we we just uh, thank God for uh, our brother, Eric, who called in, and uh, we just pray that God continues to completely change his life, as well as yeah, all that of was a good call. That was really that touching. Was, that have, have gone distant from the Lord. You know, there's no now is not the time to be going AWOL. Um, I mean, when you can see everything the Bible predicted about the last days coming true right before our eyes, Jesus saying, because sin abounds the love of many wax cold, and understanding uh, this party spirit that's gone out into the world, realizing the world is ripe for a judgment. Oh, my goodness, as in the days of Noah were. Social, the coming of the Son of Man be, Jesus speaking of the rapture there. They were eating, drinking, marrying, given in marriage. That is not the second coming of Christ. The second coming of Christ is mere survival. And when you read uh, Matthew chapter 24 again, Jesus said, unless those days were shortened, there'd be no flesh saved. When you really read Revelation, you realize how how horrible the world conditions are. All the seas have turned to blood. The drinking water's gone. All the trees are burned up. No, it's not business as usual. It's mere survival. But the Bible says that that uh, Jesus comes back because left to man, in just seven years, he completely destroys the planet. And unless those days were shortened, all of mankind would have been lost. The tribulation probably could have gone on a lot longer. But because of man's futile efforts to govern himself, you find these horrible things 
that are predicted in the Bible that will come upon this world. So good to escape them. The Bible talks about when you begin to see these things, look up, your redemption draws nigh. So important. Well, let's go to Jonathan, Big Island of Hawaii. Aloha. Aloha. Can you hear me? Yes. How may we help? Okay. All right. Uh, two things. One really quick. My station out here, 91.3 FM, uh, has been extremely fuzzy and goes out a lot uh, for the past two months. And I've called in a couple of times to y'all's hotline. And um, one of the guys called me back once. But I just wanted to let you know it's still still very, very fuzzy uh, for a lot of the, the west uh, side of the island. Um, but my question... By the way, was, yes, I we, know that. And we're fixing it. We're right in the process right now and fixing it. Keep checking. It's going to get a lot better here real fast, as well as the effect as well. The music station, uh, we're putting a brand new transmitter in there, uh, and uh, it'll be a lot, lot better. You'll be able to hear it all over downtown Hilo and um, almost the volcano. Uh, you'll be able to hear it everywhere. So uh, we're, we're getting that fixed, Jonathan. <laughs> Very good. I just wanted to let you know, because I listen on the app when it goes fuzzy, but I don't want people missing it, you know what I mean, who are in their cars. So, sure, we're going to um, get it fixed. Yep. I, and my question was, when Christ says that it would have been better had uh, for Judas, the one who betrays him, had he never been born, a question I've always wondered is, Judas obviously went to hell. And he says it would have been better had he never been born. What does that mean for all of the other people throughout human history who go there? Is it somehow that it's it's better that they lived and end up there? Or do you know what I mean, what I'm trying to say? Yes, Jonathan, great question. Jeff, your thoughts? Well, uh, Judas had committed what we would call the crime of all time. Uh, he He betrayed the Son of God. He sold him out. Now, of course, here's where you have the tension between what was God's will all along, and yet there is still personal responsibility. And that's one of those theological tensions that are in the Bible. Uh, you know, we're not puppets. We have wills. We make decisions. Um, but God had, before the world was even created, it had been decided in eternity past that God the Son would die for the sins of mankind. And uh, so... Though it was God's will that Christ die for us, um, Judas still bore responsibility. And the very fact that he sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver, he committed a crime, a, a colossal crime, like I said, the crime of all time, so that we can only assume from what Jesus said regarding him that uh, his judgment is going to be worse than anyone else. His judgment is going to be really severe so that it's better for him that he had never been born. That's a very, very ominous statement to come from our Lord uh, regarding anybody. Now, when somebody dies in their sins and ends up in a Christless eternity, would it be better for them that they had never been born? Well, we'll leave that that up to God. Uh, if, if it were me, I certainly think that I would rather not ever be born than to end up separated from Christ for eternity, but we don't have that luxury of deciding whether or not we're going to be born. But where Judas is concerned, I think he was unique as far as the severity of the judgment that is going to fall on him for betraying the Christ he had followed over three years. He'd watched 
miracle after miracle. He he listened to the greatest uh, teacher, preacher, uh, philosopher, wise man. Uh, you know, no man spoke like that man. He had heard the Sermon on the Mount in person. Uh, he was privy to things that the vast bulk of humanity never would be, yet he betrayed him. So I think it's he was referring to the severity of his judgment. I wouldn't want to be in Judas's sandals for anything, Mike. No, because he willfully and knowledgeably knew exactly what he was doing. Imagine witnessing the miracles that Jesus did. Imagine seeing dead people come back to life and eyes uh, all of a sudden start seeing again. Seeing the Lord's wisdom as he would chide with the Pharisees, or maybe I should say as they would chide with him. And you would you, you would see that, and then to willfully do that, um, I believe what it's talking about there is that when a person goes that dark, it would in fact been better that they'd never been born. Now, did Jesus know that he would? Well, of course, Jesus knows everything. But the thing is, that did not stop Judas Iscariot from making the decisions that he had made. Jonathan, I hope that helps. Yes, it does. Thank you so very much. <laughs> Looking forward to being there on the Big Island uh, in Pahoa at the uh, Baptist Church there. Not this Sunday, but next Sunday at 1030. So if you're out in the area, I'd love to see you there at the Baptist Church in Pahoa, uh, 1030 Sunday morning. The What, what date is that? I'm, I'm checking with, my, uh, was it the 4th? I think it's the 4th. So anyway, look forward to seeing you, Jonathan, if you're out and around. Stay on the line. We'll get you out some books, some DVDs. I think you'll enjoy Let's go to Kate, Napa, Idaho. Hi, welcome. Hi. Um, so my question is, there any connection to someone that's narcissistic and the Jezebel spirit? Okay, your thoughts. Well, first of all, I just want to be real accurate here as much as I know to be. The Bible doesn't talk about a Jezebel spirit. It talks about two women. Uh, there's an Old Testament Jezebel, New Testament Jezebel. Of course, the Old Testament, she was the really wicked queen wife of Ahab. In the New Testament Jezebel, you had a woman who had uh, planted herself in a local church, one of the seven churches Jesus uh, mentions and uh, in the book of Revelation. And she had begun to teach and set herself up as a prophetess. I'm, I'm from God. I'm here from God. And in setting herself up in that authoritative prophetess position, she used that authority to seduce. And so she was teaching uh, things that were completely wrong, one of them uh, to worship idols, the other to uh, involve yourself in fornication. She was leading men in the congregation into sexual sin. Uh, so that's what that Jezebel was doing. The Old Testament Jezebel, same kind of thing. She led the entire nation into a worship of Baal and uh, just totally corrupted Israel. So in that respect, okay, you have so you have two women there. Now, if you want to call that a spirit, uh, I, I suppose you can, but I, I choose to think of it more like 
Are you like Jezebel was? Are you similar to Jezebel? Are you acting like one of those two Jezebels acted? Are you setting yourself up to be uh, some spiritual leader with a false gift? And in, in, in truth, you're using that to lead people into sin. So I guess you could call it a spirit, but I just uh, choose to think of it as a character, you know, evil character traits. Now, narcissism is self-worship. It is, uh, everything is about you. You, you love yourself. You worship yourself. Paul talked about this. He said in the last days, men are going to be lovers of themselves. So we could say, though the word narcissist is not in the Bible, Paul was talking about how in the last days there was going to be a truly wrong, wicked, evil focus and love of self um, amongst people. They were going to love themselves, not other people. Matter of fact, in the same prediction, he said uh, genuine love or natural affection was going to disappear. You know, mothers loving children, fathers loving their sons, uh, you know, spouses loving each other, that natural affection was going to disappear and be replaced with what? Well, love of yourself, an unnatural, unhealthy uh, attachment to and loyalty to yourself. Now, do I think that describes part of what Jezebel was all about? Absolutely. You could look at the Old Testament Jezebel, the New Testament Jezebel. They were both totally about themselves, serving themselves, their own desires, their own wishes, their own wills, everything revolved around them. You didn't cross them, which is true of narcissism. Narcissism, if you cross a genuine narcissist, you're going to really pay for it because they are they are wreakers of, of vengeance if you cross a true narcissist. So the Old Testament Jezebel, New Testament, they had the same thing. So I think we could safely say they had a lot of traits of a genuine narcissist. You look at what Jezebel did in the Old Testament, when somebody crossed her husband, uh, Nabal would not sell his vineyard to Ahab. Well, she just orchestrated Nabal's murder. Who, who are you to say no to my husband or to me? Well, that's definitely a narcissistic trait. So I think, Linda, uh, you are safe in thinking that, yeah, the Jezebels were very narcissistic. I'm just, I've always been hesitant to call it a Jezebel spirit, because what you're essentially saying is they're acting like Jezebel, and I'd rather just keep it there, but that's that's my own uh, that's my own sense of, I want to stay true to theology. So anyway, I hope that helps, Linda. Yeah, and, and Kate also... Um, uh, or Kate, we, I'm sorry. Um, you know, one of the things that, that you find in narcissistic people is they blame everybody else for anything that goes wrong. They are never wrong. They never blame themselves. If there's anything that's amiss, out of out of line, out of order, it's everybody else's fault. It's never mine. You'll never, rarely ever hear them say, I'm sorry. And they usually, if they say they're sorry, it's, well, I'm sorry. I, I mean, which doesn't mean they're sorry at all. But you'll, you'll find that narcissistic people, where we like to just say, well, it's a Jezebel spirit. And just like... Uh, uh, Jeff said, the Bible doesn't talk about, you know, that particular, you know, a Jezebel spirit. 
It is or a demon. Absolute, uh, or a demon. It is absolutely a work of the flesh. And mm-hmm. it is more prevalent in our society today because we live in the me society. It's all about me, baby. And yep. that's where it comes from. And it's from a selfish, self-centered heart because I'm never wrong. Everybody else is. The reason the room's a mess is because of you. It isn't because I did it, even though they did. This is the problem. And so, Kate, I hope that helps. Yes. Do Do you think that a narcissist could change at all? Well, I'm sorry, dear, what? Do you think there's any chance of someone that's narcissistic, like, ever changing? Yes. If they get born again. If they get born Christ again. can change anybody. Yeah, and walk in the Spirit. I, I would mm-hmm. say just being born again, yeah, that's true. And hopefully the selfish nature would go out. But I know many spouses hold on when they're married, as an example, to a very narcissistic person. And the, it, it just it just breaks their heart when they're around them because everything that goes on is always somebody else's fault. It's never their fault. It's always our... And finally, unfortunately, it finally beats the mate down to the point where the narcissism destroys the marriage. And that's a very, very sad thing because, again, you can only bear up so much. Is there hope for a person like that? Yes. There's hope for alcoholics and drug addicts and narcissistic people and selfish people and all those things. But it's something that they have to want in their life. It's something the Holy Spirit has to convict them of that they see that they're blaming everybody else for their for their shortcomings. And I believe that is something that's only outlined uh by the Holy Spirit, convicted by the Holy Spirit and repented of by the individual. Kate, I hope that helps. All right. Thank you very much. Kate, stay in line if you like, send you out some books, some DVDs I think you'll enjoy. With that, we'll go to Linda Helena Montana, hi, welcome. Thank you. I appreciate you, Mike and Jeff. I appreciate your ministries. My question is about the judgment seat of Christ. I know we're saved through grace, but we're saved for good works. So at the judgment seat, are we judged for our works or lack of? Yeah, judgments are not always bad. Now, if you get a letter from an attorney uh, next Monday, and it says, your long-lost Uncle Fred died, uh, we want you to come down to the courthouse, there's been a judgment made in your favor. You inherit his estate, okay? So the judgment seat of Christ, which is called the Bema seat, or the reward seat of Christ, the Bible says we all stand in the judgment seat. Some for everlasting condemnation because their name is not written in the book of life. Others will be, will stand in the Bema seat or the reward judgment where you did this with the right motive. A cup of cold water, the Bible says, in his name with the right heart bears an eternal reward. It isn't the size oftentimes we think is what's going to carry the reward. It's the obedience of what God's told us to do. That's where we get our reward. And so the judgment seat of Christ or the reward seat of Christ is rewarding us for what we've done because Jesus took the believer's sin away on the cross. That's why the Bible says we have an advocate or an attorney with the Father, which is Christ Jesus. Jeff, your thoughts? 
Yeah, 1 Corinthians 3 is the authoritative passages on the judgment seat of Christ more than any other. Uh, verses 14 through 16, or actually just 14 through 15, if you want to just uh, read about how the Lord is going to reward those that use their time and their gifting for the glory of God. That's what it really comes down to. Every day that we wake up, it's a gift. We woke up this morning. That was a gift from God. We could have not awakened, and that would have been, you know, God's will. Uh, but we have another day. So what do you do with that time? And what do you do with the opportunities that God brings? And do you do it for his glory? There are a lot of people live for their own glory. They live for their own name, their own fame, their own riches and honor. And those are works that will be burned up. Now, if they were truly saved, they'll lose their rewards, but they will be saved so as if by fire, that's verse 15. But those that did respond to God's grace and God's call, and they use their time, says redeem the time because the days are evil. It means make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Uh, God brings opportunities to all of us on an ongoing basis, from witnessing to the waitress, uh, taking care of you at a restaurant, to perhaps preaching to thousands. You know, it's going to vary from person to person. But do you... Do you respond to God's call to use your time, your gifting, and the opportunities he, he brings for his glory? If you do, there is rewards. But we will not be judged for our sin because that's covered by the blood of Christ. Thank God. But how we used our time and, and, and uh, giftings and opportunities, we will answer to God for that. Linda, I hope that helps. So all Christians will be... Res- Receive the judgment seat of Christ and the great white throne, that's for unbelievers. Yes, that's right. Okay. And the great white throne, well, let, let, let me clarify something for you here real quick. The great white throne judgment is for all the non-believers that have ever lived from the beginning of time. The only people that are going to be in the great white throne judgment uh, are those who died, who lived uh, uh, and died or lived and, and at the end, of, until the end, uh, the, the believers in Christ Jesus. Now, again, the Bible tells us that um, uh, those that are not found in the book of life, you know, they're going to be judged and then cast in the lake of fire. Those that are found, because there will be believers during the millennial reign of Christ who accept Jesus as their Savior. Now, we have to understand that. But um, that's the only ones that will be in the world of believers there in the great white throne judgment. So mm-hmm. all the non-believers from the beginning of time and just the believers from the during the thousand-year reign will mm-hmm. will be will be judged. Uh, for all of us as Christians, Jesus took our judgment, uh, and those that are uh, during the tribulation, the tribulation saints. They will rule and reign with Christ as well here on this earth. And so I really believe that as we look at all of this, we have to be aware that eternity is a long time and we don't want to be in the bad place. Linda, I hope that helps. Thank you. Appreciate your time. God bless you. Stay in line. We'll send you out some books, some DVDs. I think you'll enjoy. Let's go to Ross in uh, Washington. Hi, welcome. Ross, are you there? 
were looking for Ross. Ross in Washington. Yeah. Well, it's well he, here's here's what he wanted to know. Yeah, yeah you were going to read it, Mike. Go ahead. No, well, well, it's during just, the rapture. What happens to our pets, Jeff? What happens? <laughs> well, I love. Okay, anybody in my church knows I love my dogs. Uh, I'm I'm a pet person, and um, I hate it. But they certainly aren't going to go up in the rapture. Uh, it's just it's not there. They're not redeemed by the blood of the lamb like we were. And uh, the Bible says nothing about any such thing. So there I have to trust the goodness of God. God is a good God. As uh, Abraham said to the Lord, when uh, Sodom and Gomorrah were about to be judged, he said, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? And it was a rhetorical question. It answered itself. Yes, the judge of all the earth will indeed do right. And Jesus said, not a sparrow falls to the ground but that uh, God sees it. God is aware of it. And so I have to believe that God, being a good God, uh, will have mercy there. That, that's, that's just what I, I think. Uh, but going up in the rapture, no. And so we, we really, the Bible is silent on it, so we have to be careful. We don't uh, read into it what's not there, but I do believe in the character of God. And uh, that's where I land on that, Mike. Amen. And and again, we have to understand that, um, you know, God God will take care of them. You don't have to worry about that. Uh, but we're going to leave this world. And uh, the Bible says at the sound of the trumpet, we'll be caught up to be with him in the air. And there we'll always be. Hope that answers it for you, Ross. Sorry, we missed you. We don't know what happened. Maybe the line broke or whatever. We got just uh, about a minute here. We can go to Tom in Texas. Hi and welcome. Yes. Hello. How are you doing tonight? Good. We got about uh, 30 seconds. How can we help? Okay. I just wanted to encourage Eric. I've been exactly where he was. Uh, you know, you, you start out with the Lord and you're so fervent about living, learning and pleasing and serving him. And yes, it's easy to get off the path. I was off of it for a long time. But thank God he never gives up on us. You're 100% right about what y'all said. He would have never even called. Eric, you would have never called if God wasn't still in your life. Don't give up. Keep on keeping on. The devil's going to always try to make you believe that he's not there and he's not listening, but he's always listening. And thank you, Lord God, for helping me. That's, That's what I wanted to say. I hope Eric doesn't give up and the Lord continue to work in his life because he has. Amen. He has and will. And Tom, I'm so glad he's redeemed you as all of us. So much to be thankful for here on this Thanksgiving week, on this Thanksgiving Eve. And so our heart goes out to you. Stay in line, Tom. We'll get you fixed up. Thanks, Jeff, for being on the program. Enjoyed it. It's a great show. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Keep looking up. Our redemption draws out this ministry or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226. Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash T-E-M-A. To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. 
The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station. 